to get started, let's, let's bow to pray. Heavenly Father, we, we, we treasure you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to us. And Lord, as we, as we spend time in your word this week, as we spend time in fellowship as a family, uh, Lord, we, we just pray that you would continue to work the way you have, that you would draw us closer to you. Lord, that you'd continue to shape us and mold us into your image. And Father, as we talk about um, the small body of believers that we are around the world, uh, Lord, this morning we pray that, that you would reveal insights that maybe we, we have thought about but haven't had the opportunity to share. Lord, that you'd reveal insights that, that maybe we haven't seen. Father, that, that our conversation would be about you and about your business, and that it would be done in love uh, to glorify your name. We pray it in, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, for those that are coming in, plenty of seats up front. Uh, come on in. We're going to get started. Uh, just a little bit of background. I was, uh, I was asked to take on this forum uh, by the forum committee. I thought it sounded great. I said, sure. Uh, the, uh, the, the initial kind of premise behind the forum was that it would be uh, a, a panel discussion. And... I was thinking, well, you know what, a panel discussion, uh, why not make it a big panel discussion and just include all of us, right? And, uh, and so that's what I was planning on. And as I got into this, um, I had an epiphany. I was like, what was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> this is a big topic. <laughs> and, uh, and opening it up to everybody could be a disaster. <laughs> so... Um, there's going to be some rules that we're going to follow. Uh, we are going to be uh, honest with each other. We're going to have an honest discussion. But the part that we don't want to do is, is as we're talking about maybe um, why my brother left church, we're not going to say, well, you know, my brother left church because Bob Varga had a really bad sermon. Okay. <laughs> now, if we want to say that about Brian... That's fine, <laughs> but at least not about me. Um, so I'm kidding, but I'm not. And so we just have to be really careful about how we frame our, our points to not tear down, um, but to build up. We want to be honest and open, but we also want to, to have a fruitful conversation. So these were the rules of the road. No pointing fingers or arguments. Somebody says something and then somebody starts um, going back and forth, right? That's not going to be helpful. And if I have to, I'll cut it off, but that's not. So let's not go down that road as well. Um, to get started, we're going to start with, uh, with a question. Um, what are some things that we really appreciate about our church? We've got two brothers with mics that I'll um, run back and forth and allow you to talk, but let's just get into the conversation. I am going to try to write things down, um, and as we get into the chalkboard, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll turn the lights on and write on the chalkboard. So what are some things that you appreciate your church or our church? Heritage. What else? That, that we are a community, a real community. Community. Okay, say so what's that? Okay, perfect. And try to keep them one to three words. <laughs> we expect people to be truly converted. That was more than three words. <laughs> True conversion. True conversion, right? Our youth. Camp and before that, somebody. What was the other one? Churches where we can travel. travel. Churches wherever you travel. Lots. 
S and S, service and That's it? Giving. Solidarity. Solidarity. Voluntary service. Thank you. I'm kidding. <laughs> Lay brothers. Lay ministry. Worldwide. Is that okay? I'm going to have to become more and more granular here. This is great. Biblical principles. Founded on biblical principles. Are we still on biblical principles? Okay. <laughs> mm. Our care. Just to clarify, there is no delineation between caps and, and small case. Just the way I do things. Food. <laughs> obedience to the Holy Spirit. Food and obedience to the Holy Spirit. Okay. So within this, this is fantastic. And I, I have a feeling we could keep going. And I would just have to get smaller and smaller with my writing. And people would have to get closer and closer. Um, within this... Yeah, and please take pictures because I'm not going to have time to. Um, which of, where are there struggles or concerns within these? I'm going to flag one. Oh, you got to move closer. Strong marriages. So this is, this is individual perception and not necessarily fact. It's a truth as, how do we say it in class? Truth as I know it? <laughs> Where's Michael? <laughs> Yes. Oh, pass the mic to say say that again. Oh, you had a comment. You had a comment. So, Brother Dushko said, "It's this is our perception of ourselves, not this our view of ourselves." Uh, um, not sure that those that have left or others that view us, do they see us in the same light? Okay. So, family. Sometimes um, we have a big family, but not everybody has a big family. So you get lost in that. You're in your family, but what about others? Okay. Anybody else? Areas of concern within all of this great stuff that I just wrote on the board. Heritage becomes an area of concern. Uh, sorry, I, I would also... <clears throat> I'm right here. <laughs> I would say, topically, maybe solidarity. Right? You know, because I, I think depending on the topic, we have great solidarity and on the... Other topics we just kind of want to avoid? I'm writing some of these small ones too because I want to take a picture later and be great if somebody actually puts this, gets this together as part of the presentation. Fellowship is a concern. Where's fellowship? Oh, yeah, just, just a big one. I would just like to say that sometimes we have um, a lot of cliques, I find. A lot of the churches and the young people find um, they don't fit in and it's just it's so clicky. Culture? Uh, we Anybody don't, else? We don't accept other believers. Maybe under hospitality? I was going to say it. <laughs> 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 
That's not what he's talking about, though. There's an acceptance maybe we want to add. About food, it's good, but the cholesterol. (laughs) (laughs) So, one, one more on this. Yes, go. Oh, good. Lots of churches. Brother Bob, I think that there is concerns in every one of these areas, but it's just some might have a little bit more than others. But if we want to make issues and we want to see the problems in each area, you're going to find it. Each one of these is a separate forum. They are. (laughs) I just helped the forum committee for the next 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to leave this for a second. Um, and I want to go to do you have friends? No, few people. Um, do you have friends that fall into this category? Yeah. Um, coworkers could be friends. It could doesn't necessarily have to be our our denomination. All right. I think if we go into that category, we would say a lot of us probably know people who claim to be Christians who don't attend regularly. Um, why not? Have you ever talked to him about it? So we're going totally old school with the chalkboard here, which is kind of cool. Looking for, and let's take a little bit more time and let the mics um, get to you for this part. They don't have to be three-word answers. Looking for the perfect church. Um, Mike up there. They look at the the church that they see, and they see a bunch of hypocrites, and they see people not living what they say they believe. Uh, if If they're not attending... It's very easy to look or uh, attend a church online. So the convenience factor of electronic media, and maybe not seeing the the need to fellowship one on one. So who was ta- I was just talking to somebody, Patty. I don't remember if it was at church. Um, Monday night services. Were we? Where were we talking about that? I was talking with you guys, right? Anybody hear of Monday night services? Not Monday night football, but Monday night services. So um, the Catholic Church went to Saturday services. Why? I mean, Darren, how many services does the Catholic Church have on a weekend? So five services in a weekend. And now some churches are going to Monday services. Why? Convenience, because people's weekends are too busy. So let's do a Monday night instead. It'll mess up Monday night football. I, I'm <laughs> seeing it down in Florida, a lot of churches. And they're just going back to Saturday. And I know you're not in the Catholic denomination. It's not an Amish church say, guilt-free Sunday, come worship Saturday evening. So, but Saturday, people are on vacation. They're taking the weekend. Mike? People are being hurt, so they're leaving. Um, I, people don't attend because they don't feel like they're getting anything out of the service, and that could be either a perception they have or they may genuinely have needs in their life that the church, uh, that, that the church in question uh, is not ministering to them for that need. Keep going while I'm writing, too. Just pass the mic, brothers. Somebody, I've heard a quote that said, um, the problem with Christianity is not that it's been tried and found wanting, but that it's been found difficult and left untried. And I think that speaks to the fact that Christianity is just totally misunderstood, and people think they know what it means, but they really don't. So I sit next to my coworker of mine. Um, her name's Alexis. She's a great lady. Uh, 
sports for her kids, but she's a believer. Um, grew up in a church similar to the way we are and misses it. When we talk about it, she misses it. Um, but not her sports, right? Kids, it's soccer. Kids soccer. Kids baseball. Kids Edmund. We value, uh, people value their personal freedom, so they want to avoid accountability and commitment. Interesting. Anybody else? People work from home. They work at work. And somehow they've left absolutely no downtime in their life. So Sunday becomes a day when it's absolutely necessary to buy groceries or do laundry. Yeah. Good. There are situations that where people say, I don't need anybody else. So I don't need to attend. Uh, so, so I'm not going to bother. Um, All right. Yes, one more. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Interesting. So they they physically can't come to the church. People don't want strings attached. Sorry? It's it's like people want their cell phone plans, you know, with no commitment. They want they want the same thing out of their church. They don't want they want something that they can have when they want it. And so I don't know how to put that. So this it's, is this similar to that. Yeah. Sometimes they've had a bad so experience. So we're gonna we're gonna we're one more comment. Then we're gonna move on because. Well, so they know very they know how to communicate better than we do. They just do it differently. <laughs> They just do it differently. (laughs) Okay, one last comment up there. Sometimes they've had a bad experience, and where the church was meant to help them, it shut them out, or it didn't help their situation, and they had to leave. So we have to go move on. Otherwise, we're never going to get off of the second slide. Um, How many of you know people? A lot. I'm guessing most of you know people um, who left church. Did you talk to them about why they left church? Now we get sticky, because the next question is, why? Um, so don't blame Bob. Well, you can, actually, but uh, don't Bob? blame anybody else. Why Bob? did they leave? I, I had a friend who, uh, well, who was a brother who just left church, and the reasons why he gave didn't make any sense. So no what sun, reasons no did Sunday he give? school, no what? outreach. No Sunday school? No outreach. And, and this was a... a a brother who actually came and brought me to church. So it was, sorry? It was, this was a brother who, or an ex-member who actually brought me to church, and it was kind of disheartening because we kind of grew up together. Mics? Where, who's got the mic next? That's who talks next. <laughs> and let's just bounce back and forth between the two sides. Raise your hand and let the mic come to you. I've, I've talked to a couple people who have left our church and other churches, and it seems that Nowadays, I would say with, with the amount of ease, we get everything we want. Whether it be you need something from the store, you just go online, you press buy it now, it gets there in two days. I feel like there's a real lack of content that people have, that people aren't content with how slow things move. Whatever it may be, there's always, it needs to be faster. And it's something that, although the modern world has changed, God doesn't necessarily change in the same way that our, our world has evolved has evolved one might say where 
we have technology gets us everything as fast as we want it. But God still works in his own time, and we, we try to put that on him. I have found that there are some people that are just naturally not very involved. And I, and I feel like, like maybe if you don't make it to maybe some of the midweek services, you're um, very quick to leave. You kind of lose some relationship where you don't so form. what did they say why they left? They didn't belong. They don't okay. fit in. So and, but, but I, but we'll I talk have, about the reasons later, but I just want to know why they said they left. Okay. Don't belong. Sorry, okay. where's the mic? Oh, right. I have one here. Bob, right oh, here. Go ahead. So having the uh, displeasure of taking the exit interviews, as we call them, uh, some of them are uh, clear disagreement with our biblical teaching. So, but those are actually few in number, since I've handled a number of them. Majority is the issue of uh, convenience. Uh, I think for large urban areas like our church, uh, the commitment to drive and, and be basically committed to, uh, you know, to that uh, Sunday routine, uh, for many is just something they don't want to do anymore. Uh, with a plethora of com- community churches around them that provide similar quote-unquote things. So that's the primary reasons mm-hmm. so it's just the convenience it's convenience i only have a vague understanding of this but uh some people are have an active role or would like to have an active role uh and they have a, some idea or conviction that it should be done in a certain way or on certain terms that is at odds with what the church as a whole mm-hmm. or the leadership believe and so they look for somewhere else to uh, those talents into practice or uh, I don't know if I'm giving the right detail about the situations I'm thinking of but uh, things along those lines is that is that fair that's different isn't it what's that okay that's good lack of a platform did anybody did anybody get the um, we're not be, just really not being fed. Is that okay? So I've gotten that because I do exit interviews too. <laughs> On, another one that comes to mind is uh, marriage being, uh, I guess, the equally yoked, unequally yoked, or meeting a believer from another church. There's a lot of subcategories within that one, right? The mindset in relationship to change. Say that so, one more time. So not change itself, but the mindset on how change is approached. So close-minded as opposed to open-minded in discussing. Isn't that cool? Unless he has some it's only 50 years old and no smart board. <laughs> um, the perception about change. That discussing change. Um, yeah, two, two comments I can make. Uh, I read an article a while back about, uh, that was actually discussing about people changing churches. And... Uh, 
it, it used the term a la carte Christianity that basically, you know, or, or I heard a person once, you know, talk about how her and her husband ended up in a certain congregation and she was saying that, you know, they, they wanted to go where they felt comfortable and that basically, uh, you know, there are people who say, well, I think this way and, and I want a church that thinks like I do. And so, you know, rather than saying, you know, what does the Bible say to me? It's saying, well, I want to, you know, I, I want someone that will tell me what I want to hear. And to, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of follow up uh, with the earlier comment, though, about, um, uh, you know, that I, I can I, I can kind of interpret it in a different way, what, what Brother Dan Ebley was saying. Uh, I, there are people who want a position in the church, that they, they want to teach Bible class or preach or have some some role, and then that doesn't happen, and then they, you know, they leave and they want to go somewhere else where maybe their their ambition can be fulfilled. So on some level, that's two different thoughts, right? One yeah. is individual two different preference. Thoughts. The other is maybe, the, what is it? Ambition? Another, people, another reason that people have left is uh, unresolved conflict, either with other members or with the leadership or something of that nature. Uh, one reason that I know I've been told many a few times is that people want customized services. So they want like a service like just for 20 to 30 year olds with like a certain music type. So that's popular in larger churches. Hey, that's pretty cool. Customized services. You can customize your car on your phone before you get it. <laughs> um customize the services linda uh, bob i i've had people tell me that uh, they feel our church is too judgmental okay their beliefs were challenged and they didn't know how to respond and they couldn't ask questions how do i frame that or there's there's no way to there's no place to ask questions or no no and no answers being given as well. So sometimes people get a job opportunity or something somewhere else and they're willing to take that and move away from the church. I think that I'm just gonna put that because I know I've heard I know of, of where people have left for for school and then never come back. Richard, I've been told it's due to the hypocrisy that they have found within the church and certain individuals. Hypocrisy. I don't think I spelled that right. Hypocrites. Um, I was going to say kind of the same thing as him, but I was told um, basically hypocrisy, but like someone was telling this brother that he was doing something that technically wasn't biblical, um, but it was like a preference to that person that he should not be doing. And so he was pointing fingers at the other person and saying, well, you're doing this, this, and this. And just because one was in the faith longer and so on, it was like a big, a big deal. Just one quick comment. I think sometimes the reason given to us after the fact may not necessarily be the true reason. Um, that's been my perception a few times. So that's why I'm asking, what, is, what did they say? Yeah. Not, it's what they, right? I'm it's asking what they, what they, what they said first. Yeah. <laughs> Often I, I find the real reason, I is, think at least, is probably something different. So, yeah, and we're going to try to get there a little bit, but it's, it's what did they say? Up there, Terry. Bob. Um, I'm in the same boat as another brother over here. The, the brother that brought me to church left, and the main reason was, believe it or not, we were not holy enough. And so, Bob, one more, and then we're gonna, or two more. We got two more. We got one over here, one over there, and then we're gonna 
ask another question. Okay, three more. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do three more. One so, Bob, here. you mentioned job, career, and education, and I think that um, I've had people who have not necessarily left because of that, but have said, okay, school's really crazy. I'm just taking a semester off. And they kind of approach it that way. So they're not really looking at it as leaving the church. They're just waiting for it to become convenient, and then they never come back because when you're not actively involved, it's easy not to get involved. So career education on this side. Let's do the ladies first. There's um, somebody up there, and then we'll go over to, to this side. Um, there's two that I've found. Um, one is that they wanted to move to a state um, that didn't have a church and um, due to a job, but also they just wanted to live in that state. But the second one, it wasn't that the church didn't have Sunday school. It was that they didn't have many children that age, and they just wanted more for their children, uh, more activities, VBS, uh, midweek activities, midweek service, uh, junior church, things like that. So no peers plus activities, right? Okay. And then one last over here. Uh, for, for me, the only thing constant about this, it's all the same. And I was wondering, uh, Papua New Guinea, they, they have 40 churches, I heard, I think 16,000 members. What do they do different? Do they have the same problems or are we missing something? So let's hold that question because <laughs> you're like totally... It's a great question. You're just jumping the gun by about 15 minutes. <laughs> great, great question. <laughs> um, so how many of these, and this goes a little bit to Phil's question and to the statement that they all look similar, but how many of these would you say are symptoms or are they core issues? So the, the, the thought being that oftentimes we hear what they say, but we either see or find out later that there's other issues, right? And so you could argue or state that some of these might be symptomatic of a deeper issue, or some of them are really just core issues. So, and I don't have any answers, by the way. So let's talk together. Which ones do we think might be symptoms or symptomatic of a deeper issue, or which ones are core? And we'll just put an S or a C next to them. Are are you asking, are they symptomatic of deeper problems within the church? Or are they symptomatic of deeper problems with the individual that chose to leave? Because that's two completely different things. It's a great thing, and it could be either or, right? Because they could be given a superficial re reason as to why they're leaving, because they don't want to hurt feelings, and there's a deeper issue that the okay. church has to deal with. It could so, also be a symptom of a deeper core issue the individual has. Okay, so the one up there that says no answers or training, or their, their faith was challenged and um, they didn't have a response, is that the church is not open to being challenged and having their beliefs challenged because they might be wrong. So this could be a church. See? See? <laughs> so it could be either or, right? Church issue, or it could be an individual. I think, obviously, different doctrine is core. You leave for that. Getting nothing, I think that's primarily individual. I don't know where you are, Brother David, but okay. <laughs> Which one did you say? Right, that's either an individual core issue or that's 
it's probably, at least in my experience from just talking about later, is that this is actually a symptom of something else. So we, we have a... Raise your hand just so that, that I can see. Consider one, people just leaving one evangelical Bible-believing church for another one for maybe any of those reasons. The second issue is people leaving Christianity itself, breaking their oath or uh, their covenant, I should say, with, with Jesus Christ and God. So the other point is these people leaving are basically dismantling, they're scrapping their Christian faith, number one, because it wasn't well taught to them. They have no apologetic resources, and that goes to the, you know, no questions, no answers, no, no explanations. Another issue is, and I, I think this is, has been common probably still, too many of our kids go off to college, we send them off, you know, hours away, and say, okay, you get educated, and that's about the end of it. They don't come back. Their Christianity is not strong enough to withstand the attacks of a secular professor. They give up on their Christianity. They say, you know what, my professor said this and this, and he's right. It's all about evolution. It's all about atheism. It's all about the Big Bang Theory. And they fall to the schemes on purpose many times of a secular professor. We send them off. They never come back. We lose them. So a lot of this is, you know, worse than people just leaving one church going yeah. to another. It's dropping out altogether because they have decided Christianity is false. That's a strong point. How many of us know somebody who left Christianity? So not as many hands went up, but that's a lot of people. And I'm going to show you in a second some statistics that are going to show you some additional stuff that makes your eyes open a little bit more. Great point. Um, symptom versus core issue. What do you think? Either just up here or give me some thoughts on, on experience. Mike, back there. Um, I think a core... Is this on? Just talk loud. Cool. I think a core issue is treating preference as doctrine because... Treating preference as doctrine, because that can pave the way to, like, oh, you're judging me and you have no reason to. You know, the, one more. The, the, go ahead, Amy. I would think um, impatience, convenience, and lack of contentment are all symptoms. Where is it? Unfortunately, don't have a photographic memory. <laughs> no outreach is definitely a core issue. Our churches should all have outreach into the world and be evangelizing into the world and be accepting others that are from outside of the church. And that, to me, would be a very good reason to leave a church. There's no outreach. Okay. Um, we're doing more than one more. Just wait for the mic up here and then hold the mic. Josh, so we go to the next one. I think certain of these are core and certain of them are symptoms, but I find so many times when you're talking to somebody that is wanting to leave or has left, they're mostly really talking about symptoms. They might touch on a core, but that's not their core. They just find a core issue um, 
but so many times it is symptoms and you really got to have a relationship and you got to get deep to really find what the core issue is. And so just as a side note on my end, let's hold the, the, thought, the audience um, comments for a second, is that by the time we often figure out that there is a symptom to address, anybody want to finish it for me? All right. So that's an issue in of itself, right, that we need to, is that by the time we figure out that there is a problem, it's too late. Um, we, as, at least in Beverly Hills, as, as we've seen it, is we call it the proverbial switch. And so you'll be talking with somebody, but you can tell that the switch has been flipped, and they're looking for reasons to leave rather than looking for a reason to stay. And once that switch has been flipped, it's like impossible to flip it back. I haven't, we haven't been successful um, to flip it back. Uh, so you got to... That symptom is happening earlier. So there's some core issues that we have sometimes in our church that we're not addressing or not dealing with these symptoms early enough or even seeing the symptoms. Um, how many people are concerned about where the church is going by numbers in our, in our denomination? Like in five years, anybody concerned about where we're going to be? Ten years? I know Brother Gary Tomek. I don't know if he's in here. Um, I've seen the statistics that he's shown and he's done the calculations um, as the diminishing numbers in our churches and the diminishing number of churches. We say we have lots of churches. Somebody circles it as a concern. Um, Brother Mike mentioned it as a concern. We have fewer churches. They're getting smaller. Now, there's an interesting and an unfortunate dilemma about that. So these are surveys from Barna Group and a couple other groups. They're from 1914, 16, 17, um, and some of them were just published this year. Uh, so this one's from 2013. It was published in 14. It's, the survey was completed in 2013. You might have already seen it. Um, some of the concerns and part of the focus of this forum was to focus on our youth. Um, and so we're going to do some statistics here really quick that talk about our youth. Uh, 04. Church attendance, 13, the change between our people who are um, attending, in the, have not attended, I'm saying it backwards, have not attended in the last six months. Now, what's, um, let's see if I, this one, does this one have, a, okay, right. um, millennials, just to clarify from a millennial point of view, we've got two new generations that are coming online, um, millennials, we've all heard, there's a bunch of millennials in here. Um, if you were born between 1980 and 2000, you're technically a millennial. Um, if you were born before 1980 and are kind of my age, you're a Gen Xer. If you're be born between 2000, roughly, and are still yet to be born, and by 2020, you're going to be a Gen Zer. And so um, after that, they're saying that there are no more generations because they're changing too rapidly. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that you can't classify them as a group. So just to clarify, um, have not attended in the last six months. Here's some startling statistics, brothers and sisters, friends. Um, two in 10 Americans under the age of 30 believe that attending church is worthwhile. So it's, it's not our problem, actually. Um, we're not alone in it. This is in North America. I don't know what it's like in Papua New Guinea. Um, I don't know what it's like in Ghana or Zambia or in other parts of the world. Uh, this, is, this is mainly North America. Um, and I would propose that if you follow these trends, you'll see that we're maybe a generation or two behind Europe um, in North America. 
becoming a secular society um, where some of these statistics are happening. And it's, it's largely, as Brother Ron points out, largely um, defined and shaped by our educational system. 35% of millennials have an anti-church stance. So this is, um, this is actually a... I'm not telling you. Hopefully it doesn't have it in there. Okay, good. There's no website um, because I don't want anybody to go to it and try to join. Uh, <laughs> so this is a website um, of a millennial blog slash website slash Instagram uh, page. There's the... Um, Right back there. Welcome to Recklessly Alive, a community of broken people chasing a life filled with adventure, struggle, relationship, and faith. Uh, receive the latest post straight to your inbox and bring a smile to my face by supporting my crazy big dreams. Still on the fence? Did I mention how nice you look today? Um, the background, 12 reasons millennials are over church. And uh, you can't see it on the screen, um, but this top one says helping you become recklessly alive and it shows a young guy very handsome sitting on a cliff overlooking a wilderness so a couple key things there um faith is brought up but no god Uh, there's a level of independence this is um so the issue with millennials i love you guys right very independent very entrepreneurial. Statistically, you see that. We, I deal with it in business. We know that millennials are entrepreneurs. Gen Zers are going to be even more entrepreneurial, by the way, which means you're willing to go off on your own, start your own business, do your own thing. Very independent. If things aren't going well and you don't think they're going well, what does a, what does a millennial do? I'm just going to do it myself, right? And I'm going to, hey, I'm going to set it up for you. Um, Reasons church attendance is not important by Barna from 2018. Um, Have you heard these? So this is interesting because I hear these at work. So I know it's hard to see. Um, Church is not relevant to me personally. Um, Non-Christians are at 64%. Christians are at 46%. Gen Zers are at 59%. Now I'm not sure if they've like cued my three or four-year-old daughter with this. I'm guessing they haven't because she's technically still a Gen Zer. But... um, you know, those that are old enough, I find God elsewhere. I can teach myself what I need to know. The rituals of church are empty. I don't like the people who are at church. I think church is out of date and other. Church is not relevant. And I find God elsewhere. Science in the Bible, we're going to just kind of hit this one really quick. Consider myself to be on the side of science. Consider myself in conflict or to be with science or I consider myself to be on the side of Bible. Um, You can see by boomers, Gen Xers, this complementary and independent. Um, So boomers, they see science and the scripture to be complementary. And you look at what happens as we go down. So we need to just talk about millennials a little bit. And this actually is probably going to apply to Gen Zers as well. Why are millennials not leaving? This is not necessarily statistically accurate. This is a survey that I got that shows what what somebody is saying, millennials are saying. Um, Nobody's listening. So if you're a baby boomer, you're saying you should be listening, (laughs) not me listening. (laughs) Um, To put it in perspective, um, I just did a student focus group at a university for a a, a corporate client. 
the university has corporate mentors for their business students. They are training their corporate mentors on how to deal with the students because the corporate mentors are in their 50s and 60s. And they're, they're, they don't know how to engage somebody who says, why am I coming if you're not going to listen to me? Because the corporate mentor is thinking, you need to listen to me. It, it, it's very different. It's very different. Um, and it's not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just different. It's the way people are thinking differently. We're sick of hearing about values and mission statements. I thought that was interesting. Helping the poor is not a priority. Um, you're better than me. I want to be mentored, not preached at, um, and we want to feel valued. This is 12 reasons millennials are leaving church. So this is a quote that I also found really interesting. Um, this is a, a guy named John Tyson. Uh, he wrote a book called Sacred Roots, Why the Church Still Matters. Uh, I know you can read it faster than me, but I'm going to just kind of say it for a fact. We can get any number of Bible transma- translations at Walmart's Dollar Store Podcasts. Um, and we from, are available from the most gifted and popular Bible teachers. We can watch video sermons, listen to live worship albums, and have in-depth studies in Greek and Hebrew. Many of us have entire collections of Bible software on our phones. We have Bible conferences, church growth conferences, denominational conferences, leadership conferences, missional conferences, church planting conferences, and even conferences for pastors and people who don't like church. We have Christian TV, Christian radio, short-term mission trips, presidents who are interviewed about their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet, the church is failing in North America. Not just our church. The church is failing in North America. How could the early church capture the imagination of the Roman Empire? Well, we have all of this, and we're losing our influence, and the church is becoming irrelevant. That's the future we have to deal with, brothers and sisters. So, why are you here? (laughs) Look at all of you. It's a packed house. And I know it wasn't to see me, although I appreciate it. <laughs> it's the food. <laughs> it's the food. <laughs> Why are you here? Mike's again. The only reason I'm here is because I think Christianity is true. It's it's absolutely primary. If if it wasn't true, I wouldn't be here. Or if I didn't think it was true. Um, I guess. Just well, why are you here? Because you could be in a lot of different churches that are preaching the gospel. It was the first church that I went to, and I'm I'm I agree largely with the statement of faith. Okay. Um, I personally have been encouraged. Um, so a lot of reasons, but if you want people to stay in your congregation, I would say we need to remove barriers instead of erect them. Okay, so bring back, come back to that one. Do you, you want me to expand or, sorry? No, no, no. I mean, uh, we're going to, in five minutes, we're going to be coming back to that idea of solutions. So you're here. Um, Christianity is true. Bloom where, plant, bloom where planted. Next. Bob, I know that I'm, my family's not from church, but I know that I was led by God to our church. And because of that, I feel a, a loyalty to it. I know our, our church is biblically sound. And we, we might not be perfect, but we're working on that. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm here because I believe that this is where God has placed me, and I believe that he's able to use me here to make a difference. I'm not here because I think we do everything right. Uh, one on. reason I, I uh, always look back to with why I'm at the church I am at, and this church as a denomination is uh, if, if everyone leaves to find something better, you have more churches with different problems, but you're still not going to find a perfect church. What I think is where you are, whatever problem you face, be part of the solution. Don't try and run from it. My I'm reason here. was actually... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm here because I love you all. <laughs> I'm here because I love you all. The, the Lord has put a love for you all in my heart. That was the exact same thing. I love God and I love you. Um, down here. I'm here because of clarity. So where I came from was layered with lots and lots of extra stuff that was not about the Word of God. So I'm here because of clarity. One thing I did want to mention, and I'm not sure it answers your question in reverse, the first graph you showed seemed to indicate that church attendance went up when the economy went down. So we're fighting against the worldview, and that's something we have to deal with. Yeah, I don't know if people picked up on that, but during the recession, people were coming to church. <laughs> yeah, I'm here because I made a commitment to God. Um, I need to tell you I'm at this forum. God led me to this church. And because of that, I feel he can lead my children to any church. Um, so I'm here to find out, I'm always going to encourage my children to, I love this, this denomination. I love the people here, but I ultimately have a responsibility to lead my children to follow where God is bringing them. And if I believe wholeheartedly that he brought me here for a purpose he can use them in any capacity as long as I help them if they say God's leading me here then it's my responsibility to say is that body of believers biblically sound so there's some food for thought I appreciate our rich heritage and um my grandpa and many of um, speak up. Sorry, my grandpa and many of the um, elderly generation now have gone through such struggle and have put like a huge emphasis on um, um, holiness. And I feel like um, I really appreciate the heritage that we have in our church and the faith of our forefathers that has been carried down. There's a one down here too, Brother Rob. Um, you know, heritage is part, uh, bloom where you're planted is a big thing for me, but as part of the fruits of the spirit, uh, long, love, joy, peace, long suffering. Um, a lot of times when things are tough, I think about that fruit of the spirit, long suffering. And I think about how is 
not going to work if I'm always leaving, right? So long-suffering is why I'm here also, to learn that fruit of the Spirit. So there is a statistic. There is a statistic. I don't know how they found this, figured out the statistic, but that if I remember correctly, it takes 14 years to rebuild the relationships um, from the original church that you leave. Uh, so the likelihood of you church hopping after you leave is very high because it takes that long to rebuild what you had. And guess what you're looking for when you go to your next church? Right? It's you're looking for what you had and maybe in a better way, but it takes 14 years. And I can vouch, I know multiple situations where people have church hopped multiple times before they were finally able to anchor down. Um, and that's just the power of statistics. <laughs> okay, that's... <laughs> Maybe not a good reason to stay, but it's, it's a valid reason. Okay, so there's a, a hand here. I'd like to get the mic here as soon as we can, too. Go ahead. Um, I'm here because it's where my family is, and by that, my physical blood family is here, but also my church family. I think there's an important scriptural truth that goes against the a la carte Christianity. It says that Christ builds his church. He places them in the body where it pleased him, not where it pleased us. And uh, uh, I love this fellowship as well. I don't agree with everyone in this fellowship or every viewpoint, but I do believe that God placed them here in this body for that reason. Because we all have blind spots, and so we need other brothers and sisters with different views. You, the last thing you want is a church that's composed exactly like you are. So a couple more, and then we have to actually come to some solutions. Okay. I'm here for all of those reasons and more. Um, I'm here because of the sense of community we have in our church, that we all support each other. And when one's in need, we, we pray for each other, we provide meals, we'll go and help clean their house, whatever. Um, but also, our church supports the same doctrine that the early church did. Way back when, I feel like I can't come closer to what God intended a church to do. Yeah, we're not perfect. We're, but, but it's sound. Right, we're sound. Okay. Josh, get down here. Too. Um. One of the biggest reasons I find in myself that I want to stay in this church is because I can actively see God working in it. I can see his hand in the youth and in our church back home and in all the churches. And that makes me excited and makes me want to stay here to be a part of that change. Why am I here? I am not an AC background. I have been under discipline and out of discipline countless times for having a beard, wearing a wedding, wedding ring, and who knows how many times. Why am I here? Because I see the people that should be here and are not here. I see your children and your grandchildren that should be here and are not here, and I actually visualize them here. I believe that it's possible. I'm here because I have faith. I believe in the AC Church. I believe in the leadership but I also believe in a God. See, sometimes I look at the table that it's full of bread and people are going to other churches and I'll be, I'll be happy with the crumbs that fall from the table to come to your church. And we can do it. Not us, but the Holy Spirit can do it. And that's why I'm here. I'm, I have a vision and I'm very passionate about that vision. 
I have not given up. I believe that this denomination has a future, and that's why I'm here. So how do we, that's a very powerful kind of closing thought for this section. Um, we're going to move on to the next question um, or the next thought. So we have reasons that people aren't going to church. We have reasons that people have left church. We have the things that we like about our church. And we have the reasons that we're here. So I'm going to ask you about patterns. Do you see anything from this category in this category that could help this and this? The first thing I notice when we start talking about not what we like about the ACC, but why we're here. It, like the first probably ten reasons had nothing to do with us and it had everything to do with God. God put me here. God's working here. God wants to use me here. I have faith that God will take this body and use us. And so when we look at, like, why do we like it or why don't we like it? Why do we want to leave? It's a lot of me. But in terms of, like, why do we stay? It's all about God. Okay. It's about God. We stay for God. There's a, so there's a lot of different directions we could have taken this. Um, Lord really led me to, to, let's compare why we're here versus why people have left. And or do we see patterns? I've seen patterns in, in, even in, as I was preparing, but I want to see from you. What patterns are you seeing? Brother Bob, I think one of the things that we have so focused on is how to stop, how to prevent, how to... Uh, put barriers, and I know you wanted to go to that eventually, but put barriers so that others will not leave. But we stopped focusing on the beautiful advantages of staying, the advantages of finding a family, a family support, a family culture that brings about a unity that makes this worthwhile. Focus on the advantages. Um, excellent. I'm going to just throw some other statistics. While I'll give you a second to think, and what might have to happen here is this becomes your homework assignment, <laughs> is the conversation and the question of the pattern that for the rest of camp, talk about it, about maybe what the church should do differently or how we focus on advantages. Why do people attend church? 28% um, say I've always attended church. 20% say the church is God's hands and feet in the world. 34% the Bible says to be with other believers. 38% I learn, I, want, I need to learn about God. I need to learn more about God. 31%. 43% to be closer to God. Why are people going to church? Just globally. So, how would we keep people from leaving? What's going to make us more committed? Um, the concluding thought from uh, John Tyson was struck me as well. The early church leaders did not have the things that we listed on that first one. There were no conferences of, of all kinds. There were no podcasts. There were no Bible translations online. There were no yada, yada, yada. It took time. It took love. 
It took sacrifice. It took commitment. The early church brought down the Roman Empire and transformed the world. When Jesus said that greater things than I do, you will be able to do. That's what happened. You know, to visit the fatherless and the widows, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge myself, and I challenge you all on this as well. Um, we visit the fatherless and the widows in our churches, which is great. When's the last time you visited the fatherless or the widow in a smelly nursing home that you didn't know and just spent time? You know, the Apostle Paul, we think the Apostle Paul, we're not sure, wrote Hebrews. Um, There's this really cool passage in chapter 10. um, I'm sorry, in chapter 6. And it's verses 1 and 2 and then 9 and 10. In verses 1 and 2, he talks about leaving behind the basic fundamentals of Christianity. And he lists the fundamentals of Christianity as baptisms, (laughs) as repentance, um, uh, as laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead. He goes, leave those principles behind. And then in verses 9 and 10, he draws out what he's actually expecting people to move towards or to be in. And he commends the believers, for God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love which you have showed toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. So there's a practical holiness that we talked about in class today that we're going to talk about tomorrow that speaks to this, that speaks to the living of it, not just the saying of it. It's not about theology. It's not about knowing your Bible inside and out and to be able to argue it. It's about being able to live what we believe day in and day out with the poorest of people. That, that, that thought about, um, uh, about the millennials saying, you don't visit, you don't care about the poor. Do we? Do we? So I'm going to throw this one out there too. This is my soapbox. <laughs> um, the church is not a community. All right? You hear it on radio. You hear it in other sermons. We are not a community. A community is optional. You can choose to walk away from a community. We are a body. You cut off your arm, you feel it. Brother Alex in our church had, had this, a great entry <laughs> to Eastern camp when he actually focused on Timothy and on his relationship to Paul in a Wednesday night little thing at our talk at our church. And he talked about a victorious church and what it needed to be. And this was like phenomenal that the Spirit inspired him to do this just before camp and just before talking about this forum. A sympathetic, single-minded, submissive, and sacrificial. I'm not going to go on it, but take a look at the highlighted verses here and think about how they apply to each of us. Who Timothy was, who Timothy was, and how Paul viewed Timothy, and how we are, and who we are. So, um... You know, one thing that I'm going to throw out there, our church might not look what we, like what we expect, brothers and sisters. That at the conclusion, as we accept this challenge to, to be more committed to our churches, to be more committed to, to getting involved earlier, to before the symptoms become so obvious um, with people that are in church, our church might not look like our church does today. You heard a sermon on Sunday. It's not about you. It's not about me, and I hate to break it to you, but it's not our church. Right? It's God's church. We 
belong to God's church. God doesn't belong to our church. So be comfortable with the fact that the church might not be the same. That doesn't mean it's going to be like you want it. Okay? I would propose that it might, not, it might be totally opposite from the way you want it. But it's going to be the way God wants it. So we do need to take down barriers. I'm going to propose, and I'm over by a few minutes, I'm going to propose that the, the thing that the, the Spirit really laid on my heart is the idea that, that people are leaving our churches because they are hurt, they are feeling isolated, they are feeling like they're not part of the family, they are feeling like they don't belong or they don't have a platform, um, and we need to be the solution to that. We need to get involved earlier. If you think, if you think that, man, there might be something up with that brother or sister, go talk to them. Go get involved. Have coffee with them. Get involved. Have them over for dinner. Have groups of them over for dinner. Right? Get engaged early. I can't think of how frustrated I've been at myself when somebody says, my marriage has fallen apart. We're getting a divorce. My spouse left. (laughs) And inside, I kind of knew there was a problem for like two years. And I was always too busy. I mean, there wasn't, there was nothing obvious. There's nothing obvious. But man, when I look back, I'm like, I saw the signs. They were very subtle. Why didn't I do anything? Why didn't I care enough to tackle it before it's over and the switch has been flipped? We are too busy making money. We are too busy to be doing God's work, to recommit to our church, to stay committed. We got to let go of stuff. We got to stop worrying about ourselves. We got to even maybe stop worrying about our families. I hate to say that. And let give them up to God, but take care of what he has assigned to us. Stop worrying about my responsibility And I need to stop worrying about your responsibility. We need to start worrying about our responsibilities. You know what? I don't want to hear what the elders should be doing differently. And I shouldn't be telling you what Sunday school should be doing differently. God has put you in charge of Sunday school. God has put you in charge of the the areas of focus and the areas of responsibility that you have. Dive in. And I got to take the time to dive into the responsibilities that he's given me. If we stop trying to take care of each other's work and start taking care of our own work, where is the church going to be? Those are my daughters with the Windsor Youth Group. And that second photo was my daughter's baptism day with all of her friends from all over the country, all over North America. We do have something special. We do. Just got to build on it. Thank you.